This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Good evening. How are y'all doing over there, Sister Adalia? <laughs> We're doing great. How about you? Doing fantastic. All righty. Y'all ready to roll? Yes. Everybody, welcome aboard. We're excited to be here tonight, simulcast with World Ministries International. We've got a real special broadcast for you tonight. Minister Adalia Hansen is going to be bringing the word, and we welcome you wherever you're tuning in from. Sister Adalia, would you like to open us up in prayer? The mic is yours. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Father, for this night. And so, Lord God, we just submit this night to you. We pray, God Almighty, that the light of your word will penetrate into the depths of our hearts, God. And we pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that if there's anything that is standing in your way, Lord, we pray, Lord God, that it will be taken out of the way, that, Father, you'll express your heart to your children, and you express your heart to your people through your Son, Jesus Christ, that freedom would come, and people will be set free, Father, in Jesus' name, from different things and different association of darkness that has held them bound. So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Sister Adalia, before you start, I'm getting some spike on my Skype. Can you hang on a second? I'm going to call you right back. Okay. Stand by. All right. I apologize for that interruption. Sister Adalia, the microphone is yours. Thank you. I had already prayed, but we can pray again. So, Lord Jesus, thank you, Father, for this night. We present it to you, O God, that you would rule and reign over this night. And we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that if there be anything that's standing in your way, God, from your word flowing uncorrupted and hindered, we pray that let it be removed in Jesus' name. And we pray, Lord, let your spirit of a Father take over this place, Father, those who are here and those who are listening right now, in the name of Jesus. And we plead the blood of Jesus over the airwaves, God. We pray, Father, that your word would flow and touch your people in the name of Jesus. So we give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. So today I'm going to share about strongholds and mindset. I decided to share this today because of my experiences and the experience of others and also working under a deliverance minister many years ago. Now, the word stronghold is mentioned once in the New Testament, and I'm going to read from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Now, a stronghold 
we define what a stronghold is, it is a lie that Satan has established in our thinking that we count as true, but it's actually a false belief. And a stronghold can also be defined as a spiritual fortress made up of wrong thoughts. It's a fortified dwelling place where demonic forces can hide and operate. And also, I'll define what a lie is. A stronghold is actually based on lies and deception. And a lie is an incorrect statement, right? But in the kingdom of God, a lie is not only an incorrect statement, but it's also anything that the Lord has not said. Anything that the Lord has not said is considered a lie in the kingdom perspective. If God has not said anything to you, and you believe something that is contrary to that, it's a lie. It's called a lie. It's a false belief. It's a ungodly belief. It can also be called a faulty pattern of thinking, which is based on lies and deception. If you look at strongholds in the physical aspect of it, now a stronghold is usually like a place that has been built, and there's always people behind a stronghold. In a spiritual sense, a stronghold is a pattern of thoughts that has been built upon one's thought life, and behind the stronghold, it is either a demon or the Holy Spirit that's operating in it. When Paul was addressing about the strongholds here, he was addressing it in terms of demonic forces that has caused a thought life of a person to be able to come to a point whereby those thoughts are actually contrary to the knowledge of God. So strongholds is a pattern of thinking. It's a way somebody might be thinking, but it's not of God. It's not aligned with God's word. And Paul would say that whatsoever it is, it has to be pulled down. And anything, any imagination has to be cast down as well. When you're dealing with deliverances, a demon, you cast out a demon. But a stronghold, you have to cast it down. A demon, you cast out. A stronghold, you cast down. Okay? Because a demon, it can take a second or a minute to cast down a demon. But a stronghold, it can take the longest time because it wasn't built within a day. It was built with time and also somebody having a time where they're just thinking many thoughts at some point. Now, when you're dealing with a stronghold, it doesn't go within a day. A stronghold can take months, weeks, and even years to cast down. Because if you look at it this way, when a stronghold has been formed in the mind of a person from childhood until the person is an adult, you know, when you are ministering such a person, you can't expect that stronghold to lose the person immediately. It doesn't happen that way. Because there was time taken to build it, and you need time to take it down. When you're dealing with strongholds, just look at it this way. When the Israelites were going around the walls of Jericho, the walls of Jericho is like a stronghold. They didn't take it down by one day. They had to go six times. And then by the seventh time, they were given an instruction of what to do. And God has given us instruction on how to pull down and cast down strongholds. In the book of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. And then if you read the book of Matthew 12, verse 34 or 35, it says, For out of the heart the mouth speaks. The mind, whatsoever is in the mind of the person, when that person speaks, he speaks from what is already inside. It's not coming from the outside, it's coming from the inside. 
If somebody evil will speak evil things, it's because it's out of him. That's what he is. That's what is inside of him. If somebody speaks good, that's what is inside the person, right? If anyone wants to control a person, what would they do? It is the mind that they will go after. You have seen how social media, if they want to control a whole nation, what will they use? They'll use social media and videos, and they'll do anything and everything to corrupt the mind. That's the target. They don't have to come to you. No, they'll show you things. You will watch things. And that's how it will corrupt the whole mind of the person. And then you'll form a thinking pattern of that person. And the person will start to reason in the way those people want. And that's how the enemy does. He will capture your mind. And he'll be able to sway you in any way he likes because he has held your mind captive by a stronghold. A stronghold is where the devil would hide. The devil would hide behind a stronghold. Demons would hide behind a stronghold. There was a time many years ago when I was going through deliverance. And then this minister was ministering to me and he told me, the demons are saying she cannot be set free because we have something that is hers, right? And so I thought to myself, what is it? Because he was casting down the demons and they said, well, we will leave. But there's something we have left inside. So that night when I went to sleep, I saw a vision. They're like pillars, like the Roman pillars. You've seen how it looks like a columns, right? Columns, very high columns. And you could tell, you know, there was, you know, the structures were strong. And in every pillar, there was a serpent that had gone all around, like there was a huge serpent. And the serpent was as high as the pillar and had twirled itself around each pillar, right? And I looked at it and I said, what is this? What does this mean? And I went back to my deliverance minister and said, what you saw, the Lord was showing you there is a stronghold in your mind. We can cast the demons out, but as long as the strongholds are there, you cannot be free unless you go through the renewal of the mind. Demons can leave you, but you might. Have you ever cast demons out of people, but the people don't change? The demons are not inside the person, but the person is not changing. There's a stronghold in that person's mind. Because strongholds affect people's emotions, they express their, their attitude, their thinking pattern. It controls almost every, how they express themselves. It causes confusion. You might try to cast a demon out of a person and there's nothing in there, but there's a rut left, right? So you'll try to work with the person. You think if you cast the demon out of the person, the person will be changed by the next day. No, you have to work with the person. It calls for patience. And it's not just you working with the person. The person has to be willing to be worked on, and the person has to submit themselves to Christ and the Word. Because the mind is clean by the Word. It is the renewal of the mind. The scripture says, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. A stronghold can be like a storage. You know, like if I had a big container like this, and I keep filling it with water, even the container itself will get heavy for me to carry because of the water. And such is a stronghold. As the person keeps feeding those thoughts, those ungodly belief patterns, those lies and deception of the enemy, the person continues to fill it. It becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. So that will make it so hard. There's an expression that Americans are a hard nut to crack. Right? That's what they say. Yeah, it's going to be a very difficult thing because if you look at the physical aspect of what a stronghold is, it's a defensive structure. Right? If it's a structure and it becomes inaccessible, any army, when they build a fortress, they do it to defend themselves. Right? 
and they try to make it inaccessible for anyone to enter in except, you know, the person who belongs there, right? You know, the fortress should be built and it's only demons that will have access in and out of the person. So it becomes inaccessible. The minister will try to reach to the person and the person is unreachable. You'll say something, it comes in from one ear and out of the other ear it goes because there's a stronghold. A person with a mental stronghold finds it almost impossible to shake it off because they're controlled by it. The mind is being controlled by the stronghold. So whatsoever the thought, the belief is, if somebody says, well, has grown up knowing that I am stupid, I am stupid, that's how the person will always think. No matter what you say, you will speak to the person, it's not going to enter. There's a block there, it's going to be like from one ear out, one ear out, because it's so difficult to access it. You know, that is a warfare thing that the enemy has built upon the people in the Christian community, in the Christian, you know, the church itself. You know, people will be busy talking about things about, oh, we need to war, oh, we need to go out and preach to the people, and there is a problem within the church. The people who are standing right before you have strongholds, and if you don't get to them, if you don't get to them, you're busy just dealing with people from the outside, and yet you have a problem within your own circle. Strongholds, right? And then a mindset... A mindset of a person is like a gate, it's like a gate or a doorway. It's either the Holy Spirit can enter through that mindset or demons will be able to operate in that mindset. It's a gate and a doorway. So if a mindset, if somebody has a certain mindset, mindset is not, if it's an ungodly mindset and has not been checked and it's just, it's just not aligned with God's word, it will build itself into a stronghold. That's what will build anything. Any ungodly belief, if left unchecked, will form a stronghold. There are things that can be true, but is it the truth? There are things that are true, okay, but is it the truth? Anything can be true. Like if I say, well, if I say I hit my foot right here, it's true I hit my foot, right? And maybe I say, oh, let's say it's a possibility it can't be healed. I say, well, it's true. Maybe it can't be healed. But the truth remains is God said, by his stripes, you're healed. That's the truth. There are things that even doctors will say, you know, this is a disease. We have no cure. That is true. But what is the truth? The truth says that by his stripes, we are healed. That's the truth, right? So anybody who has a stronghold will base their thoughts upon what is true, right? What is true, but they'll forget about the truth itself. The truth will not be able to penetrate into the person's mind, into the person's heart, because they'll base their defense on what is true. Somebody will say, well, let's say the person has been rejected all their life. It is true. They have been rejected over and over and over. You know, that's true. They've been rejected. But the truth of the matter is, when Jesus calls you to himself, you know what? Rejection had no power because he has received you. You can be able to walk and say, the truth is, I am not a rejected person. I am accepted by Christ. That is the truth. You have been rejected, true, but the truth is that you are accepted by Christ. Amen? So people build their defenses around that. You know, this is what I was taught by my parents. This is what I saw. This is what this. this. Okay, it's true. Nobody is contradicting that. But what does the truth say? There's a God perspective on everything. When Adam was in the Garden of Eden, and then God walked in the cool of the day and said, Where art thou? And then Adam said, Well, you know, I ran away because I was naked. I was hiding from you. What did God say? God did ask, Oh, what did you do? What happened? The first thing he asked, Who told you? That's what he asked, Who told you? So there are things that, you know, 
God wants people to be able to rely on what He says, not what other people say, not what your environment say, not what your culture says. But He would ask you, you say, Oh God, I've been beat up so bad, these people don't like me, I'm like this, I'm like that. But God will ask you, who told you? Because the matter of the fact is, it's Him that defines who you are as a person. Not other people, not other things. So He'll ask you, who told you? He will say, what happened? How did it happen? He saw everything. God saw everything that was happening when they were busy eating an apple. He knew, he knows all things. He knew that. But when he met Adam, he said, who told you? Who told you? He said, well, I'm going to reject all my life. Who told you? I love that verse because it's just an amazing thing for me because of the transformation it brought me because of the truth that he was able to show me through his light of his word. Who told you? Who told you? I said, well, I had issues when I was in Kenya as a child growing up. We had issues with tribalism because according to Kenya, I come from a tribe that is most hated. Okay? That's their perspective. All right? And then now, when I grew up, you know, kids would make fun of you and this and that. It was rough. It was rough and all that. And then I came here. I faced a little bit of racism here and there. And then I asked God. I was like, okay, is there a problem? Like, is there something wrong with me? Okay? Is there something wrong with me? But what would God ask me? Who told you? Who told you? Yes, you know, men are fallen nature. They have issues. Out of them flows issues of life. If somebody is racist towards you, there's a problem with them up here. It's all about the stronghold of the mind. Because if you look at the scripture, it says, out of every tribe, you know, the blood was shed for people. Jesus bought people out of every tribe, out of every race, out of every kindred out of every tongue. We were all bought for Christ. And then we were bought, we became a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. So in that kind of scenario, you know, that's the truth. That's the truth, right? There's hatred, yes. There's prejudice, yes. But what is the truth? The truth of the matter is we are called as a nation to Christ. When Jesus sees you and sees me, he doesn't see all these things other people are seeing. What he's seeing, he's seeing a person that he redeemed by the blood. That's one of the examples, okay? Now, people typically become the person they despise. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen a person who probably grew up in a family whereby the parent was abusive and, you know, just fighting and despising people here and there? And then when the person becomes an adult, you find the person becoming the same person he despised. Ask yourself why. It's because in his mind, he kept just thinking about all these things he hated in the person. Because the mind is filled with all these thoughts. Oh, he's so bad, he's so mean, and everything else. So all that, those are the thoughts the person filled themselves with over and over and over. But with time, you'll find the person reproducing the same thing that he despised. The same thing, because he's reproducing. He probably he didn't want to end up that way. Let's say that you've heard of cases whereby in abusive marriage, the husband is beating up the wife and stuff. And then when the person is caught, he'll start explaining to himself, well, my dad used to beat my mom, and he finds himself beating his wife too. Because he's, you know, all he killed himself, thoughts of, you know, all this abuse and fighting and everything else. And then he reproduced the same thing that he despised. The stronghold was built from a childhood of all these things he thought about, and then he became... The scripture says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Not so he shall be, but so is he. What he thinks, he becomes. Amen? It could be like a repeating or a recurring pattern of failure, right? Somebody who has been failing, has been doing things failing all the time, here and there, just failing, here and there, 
what will happen is the person will start thinking himself as a failure, but he will also cause people to reject him unknowingly. He doesn't know that because the person will just be thinking about how he's a failure, you know, just up and down, the family and the workplace, all over the place. Now, the person will cause people to reject him. It's not that he's doing it knowingly. He doesn't know he's doing it, but it happens. The people start rejecting the person because of a pattern in that person's mind, and then he produces, and then he becomes a reject. Why? As a man thinketh, so is he. It could be a rut. It's called a rut? Yes, a rut. Remember the deliverance teacher we listened to in Deliverance 1 or 2 talked about a rut. Any rut of depression, you find somebody in a rut of depression. The person is just in depression here, in and out, in and out. And then there's a habitual thing. If the person is known to be a liar, the person just keep lying over and over. The person doesn't want to lie, but the person finds himself just lying over and over and over. He can't get it out of it. He can't get out of it. As long as this person in the thought realm, I'll call it the realm of the mind, has fed himself with all these things, all this deception, all these lies, they'll cause the Word of God to be of none effect. The Word of God is powerful, it says. The Word of God is powerful. The Word of God can penetrate, right, the souls and the mind of people. But do you know a person's mindset can block God from doing what he wants to do in the person? When the Israelites were leaving Egypt, you know, they left Egypt, but you know they took Egypt with them. What was supposed to be an 11-day journey became 40 years. Because any time something would happen, they said they'd rather go back. They kept going back. Israelites always wanted, their mindset had become Egypt. They lived in Egypt until their mindset became Egypt. Slavery up here. And even little things that would come up, like there's no water, there's no this, there's no that. They had God, who is the pill. They could literally see the pillow of fire and the cloud by day. This is God walking with them. But yet, they had Egypt in their mind. And there was a time when all they wanted to do was to turn back. And such is the life we live sometimes. People would want to go back to the same pain, to the same memory. They want to go back and live in that. That has become a fortified city for them. They love feeling that. They might not say it. They might say, I don't. But whatsoever they have become, it has, it has come to a point that they like that feeling. It's like a safe place for them. It's like a safe place. They keep thinking about the same memory over and over again. They keep thinking about those thoughts over and over again. They have grown many years of past, but they're still at it. It's like a pig. He likes to go to the muddy waters and just keep playing there. He likes it. Such is the mind of the person. Always goes back. Because now the mind is controlling the emotions of the person. And now it's because they're being controlled. They like it. They might not say it's a painful memory, but they'd rather stay in that memory than move forward. They are blocking the word of God, causing it to be of a non-effect because of a mindset, because of a stronghold. Even the word of God cannot be able to penetrate into that person. God is there standing and said, I want to heal you. But the person says, I'd rather be in this feeling than to find healing. In the book of Psalm 78, verse 41, it says, Yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. It is true that through our mindset, which is built upon the stronghold, the deception, it will cause us to limit God from functioning in our lives. 
And then another thing, people have said, you know, most of us here have heard of prophecies over our lives. We had prophecies and they're hanging here and there and they're not fulfilled. These prophecies will not come to pass as long as you still have that problem of a stronghold. People think that the prophecies of God comes by default, especially on a person. According to scriptures, Psalm 78 verse 41, you can limit God. God cannot even move in your life because you're still like a pig playing in the dirty waters. He says, behold, there's a new thing. He says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. He says, okay, I'm doing a new thing here, but your mind keeps on telling you, but, okay, God wants to do a new thing, but I don't feel it, but I don't sense it, but I don't think I can have it. There's a lot of but, but. The Lord is standing right there. I'm doing a new thing. And the person is resisting the word over and over. In such a scenario, it's very hard. Sometimes people want to help people, right? You want to help them and you want them out of it. But if you don't have an understanding of what a stronghold is, you know, you might think the person is just being stubborn or you might think the person is just, you know, hard-headed. You're dealing with a stronghold. It doesn't do with one day. It doesn't not go with one day. There's a difference between deliverance and inner healing. Deliverance, you're casting demons out of people and all that. And inner healing comes to fix the person inside. Because there are things inside, the soul has been damaged. The will, what is the soul? The soul is the will of the person. It's the emotions of the person, right? And the scripture says, Psalms 23, talks about Jesus. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And there's a verse that says, he restores my soul. The person has to be willing to walk the journey of restoration. Going back to the story I told you about when I saw the stronghold, and my pastor said, Adalia, there is a stronghold, because Jesus revealed to him that, listen, the demons are no longer in her. The demons had already left, but the effects have been left behind. They're effects. He said effects, but here they call them rut, right? So he said, now what I needed to do was to take the scriptures and eat and drink from it day and night. That's what I had to do. I took scriptures, even the things I thought I didn't believe in. I said, I will believe in whatsoever the scripture says. I am above and not beneath. I am the head and not the tail. I kept telling myself that over and over and over. But it didn't take a week <laughs> or two weeks. It took months. Even after months, there were still issues that needed to be sorted out. It took years. By the time I was getting married, there was a lot of gunk that had to be taken out. <laughs> there was a lot of things that had to be taken. I had to appreciate myself. I had to love myself. I had to look at myself and say, I am God's creation. I am loved by God. If you look at a child that has been molested or verbally abused, like I said, the child will keep thinking of these things, you know? Like, I think I'm stupid. Like, let's say a, a child that has been sexually abused. The child will feel unworthy. The child will feel unwanted and rejected. And he'll keep like that over and over and over until the child will build a stronghold of worthlessness. Do you know what the person will do? She has already built that or he has already built that. You'll see that person going from one man to another. Ask yourself why. The person is feeling unworthy. There's worthlessness. A stronghold has been built. In that, in the mind of that person, she doesn't see or hear herself find, say, okay, 
I'll find someone that would marry me, let's say something like that. Don't even think marriage is impossible. I don't think marriage is going to work for me. Because the problem up here, the person will go from one, even the man that tries to, you know, I want to marry you, that person will flee from that person and go to the next. They'll like short-term relationships. Two-year relationship is skip, go to the next. Like that, like that, like that. Because there's a stronghold there of unworthiness. Anytime the person wants to approach the person to love on them, they always go like this. There's a shield. Oh, I don't think I can be loved. I don't think I can be accepted. It's all up here. And the devil has captured that person's mind that it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what, you know, you tell them, God loves you, Jesus loves you. The more you try to tell them, the more they get even nastier. <laughs> they don't want to hear anything. Oh, I don't want your God. Who's that? Where was that God when I was being? That's how they talk. But it's all up here in their minds. They brood in that. It's unless the person, other than you're trying to bring the truth to them, Scripture says, the truth shall set you free, right? If you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. Not just the truth that will set you free. You have to know it. You have to know what the truth says. People have said it so many times. How, oh yeah, I, yeah, I'm born again, I'm this like that. They've read the Bible from the first page to the last, but they still don't know the truth. They don't know the truth. They can be able to recite scriptures, they'll even tell you what the other verse is from, but there is no insight and revelation of what the truth is. What is the truth? What does God say about that situation? You have heard and seen Christians been in the church for many, many years, but... If you're a minister that has visited them once, come after 10 or 20 years, you'll still find the problem. You'll still find the problem there because once you talk to the person, you still find the same problem you thought you sought out the other day. It's still there. It's still there. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. It's about the knowing. And we see the word know. In the scriptures, know. Know is like an intimate word. You know, you become one with the truth. You've heard of when they were talking about a man and a woman coming together, they said, and they knew each other. They know each other. And that's how knowing the truth is. You and the truth become one. You walk as one. No matter what. Because now you'll not be able to see through the lenses of strongholds. Because strongholds will be able, will actually dictate what the person takes in and what the person does not take in. You'll find people see things through the, the lenses of the stronghold. That's how they'll see things. You'll try to reason with them, but it just wouldn't work because they're seeing the situation with the lenses of the stronghold, not with the truth, the lenses of the stronghold. If people say, you know, well, I have been like this, like that all my life, even, even if God will come and say, oh, I am raising you up to be this and this kind of person, the person will say, eh, I don't think so. It hasn't happened to me before. I don't think it's going to happen to me. Pastors, you know... <laughs> You know, there are people, apostle, prophets, they go from one church to another. But pastoring, that's why pastoring is a hard job. Because you're dealing with people who have come from different walks of life, different experiences. A pastor is a, it's a very difficult calling. You know, it's a calling that it's like taking a baby. And it's like, you know, you nurse the child, change their diapers, you do all these things. That's what a pastor does. I could, you know, I could go to a place, preach, and leave them, and leave them, and leave them with, the problems are still there. But you leave the person with their problems to the pastor. The pastor has to deal with it. You just go teach, teach, leave, go to the next one, teach, leave. But the pastor of that person is the one who has the work 
to talk to that person, take that person through the journey. But there has to be willingness. When there's no willingness, it's a hard job. When, when the person is not willing, it's, it's difficult. It's very difficult. I had a friend of mine, her son was molested in the church. So what happened is she, you know, she got born again, coming from drug addiction. She got born again. And then she was happy that she found Jesus and she found a church. And then, you know, she, you know, in her mind she was trusting people. We are all Christians and everything else. So she handed over her son to a man in the church. But nobody told her that this man has a problem. Okay? What happened is the man eventually molested her son. And then she found out and she was filled with rage. She said, the, she told me, Adali, the first thing I thought of was, why did the church people tell me that this man has a problem? Okay? Now, the boy told the mother about it, but it became like a, he had all these thoughts of rejection and unacceptance and all these things. So he turned to taking pills for comfort. So he would take pills to numb the pain to numb the pain he was feeling over and over. And any time she would try to take him to a rehab, he'll always run away from rehab. Because the rehab does not address, it does not address the strongholds. The rehab does not address that. All these governmental rehabs you see does not address those kind of things. So she would try to take him there, he runs away. Take him there, he runs away. Until... He would steal pills from the house, anything, because her mother had, has cancer, so any medicine he could find, he would take it. And she would call me, and she's crying, and said, Adalia, I don't know what to do. And I said, the problem also, she was also molested too. And her mother said, it's your problem. She was five. And the mother said, well, you are, you are a prostitute. This is a five-year-old, right? And so now she saw the reoccurrence in her own son. Now she's breaking apart. And she said, okay. So I remember one of the days she tried to take him to church here and there, taking her to church here and there. Until there was one day, one of those fine days, the Holy Spirit was able to trap him, you know, and gripped him. The Holy Spirit can do that. And that boy fell down and he was weeping. He said, I need Jesus. I want Jesus, Mom. I want Jesus. And that's all he could say. And he's uttering in the middle of the road. In the middle of the road, cars are passing. He got out of the car, knelt on the floor. And she's busy praying for him to accept Jesus. Because he came to a point and knew that Jesus is the only one that can restore his soul. Rehab cannot. All these words they're doing cannot. That's the only way, he said, he could rest Jesus can restore my soul. It's a journey. I told her, it's a journey. It's going to take time. Not one day, not two days. Because there are things that are in that boy's mind that has been there for years. It, you know, it's, it will make him difficult to trust anybody that's called a church folk, you know? He didn't want anything to do with any church person. Because in the church, there is filth in the church. But I had to take her through the process and said, You have to forgive the person that raped your son. You have to forgive that person, release that person from your heart. And do it for your son and... The son had to do it himself to let go of that man. A stronghold was built. 
and now he's in the process. It's not an easy job. Sometimes he wants to take pills. She calls me and he, he's going to the pills again. I said, we, we can work this out. We can work this out. And such as that, with a, a person with a stronghold, you have to be patient with that person. If you're not patient, that is not, you can't. Then let somebody else take over. Because I had to struggle myself to build myself. I had to build myself with the Word of God every day. Because I, I really was rejected from birth, you know. I went from rejection, rejection, from sexual abuse. All these things that happened to me. I had to look to the Word and look at it with the mirror of, of, of the Word of God. The fact remains, the scripture says, who told you? God would ask me, who told you? What does His Word say? I started taking the Word and the Word cleanses you. The scripture says, the washing of the, of the, washing of the water by the Word. The Word is like water, it washes, it cleanses. It's just like when you get dirty, you have to, you know, you wash your hair, you go all the way down, that's how it works. It washes, it scrubs off things. But you have to renew your mind with the Word, and that's what the Word does. Some of these things a pastor cannot help you with. You have to take hold of that Word and be cleaned by it. And the blood of Jesus, and be cleaned by it. And some of these things that form this kind of mindset, it's one thing, is culture. You know, we come from different cultures. In all these cultures, there's the good, bad, and the ugly. There's some good things about the culture. I've heard about the, there was a recipe I came, I, I did, how do you call it, the Mississippi pot roast. You know, there's all this stuff, this good stuff, you know, all these cultures and stuff. But there's some things in the cultures that are anti-God. They are anti-Christ. All these things have elevated themselves against the knowledge of God. And because of these cultures that you have been raised with, you come out with a mindset. People come with that mindset, that culture. That culture has shaped your mindset to a point that it can be destructive to one's soul. It can be destructive to one's soul. And you can't use that as a defensive mechanism. Oh, it's my culture. So what? The Bible says, out of, out of every race, out of every tribe, and all these things. Some of these people, you know, if I was in Kenya, I would address tribalism, but in America, I'll, I'll address racism. Who told you? Who told you better than the other? Who told you? It is not the Word of God. It is not the Word of God. If you cannot even sit next to somebody else because of their, their, their different color of skin. In, in buses, there was a man I saw, he was sitting down, and suddenly the person came and saw, oh, this is, this is not my race. The person got up and left and went to sit somewhere else. What kind of stupidity is that? The scripture says everything was made by Christ through him and for him. It is not about you. It's about Christ. What does Christ say? What does Christ see? Everything is embedded. There are people who are raised in that kind of mindset. I remember my, my half-sister was, there's a man who wanted to marry her and was from another tribe. And I remember my father was already dead. I was living with my stepmother. And then she came so happily, showed me her ring and introduced the man. And then my stepmother came and looked at him. And she didn't even say anything to him. And then she went all the way back. And I could hear, hear her say, What? You're bringing that tribe here? That man, that tribe here? Break this engagement. And guess what she did? She did it. She broke the engagement. She has never been married till this day. Cultures and family inbuilt thing of nonsense and stupidity in the church in the church people walk with so so self-righteousness thinking how holy than thou they are 
the scripture says, your righteousness is like filthy rags. You can't put yourself above others. Before God, you were naked, you were wretched. And it's only by the blood. It is only by the blood of Jesus. People are in the church. We can, be, we can say, oh, we're bringing all these people to Christ. What are you bringing them into? People, somebody, a heathen is way better than Christians are is. You can find a heathen who loves with all their heart. They will love all people. But you bring that person to the culture of the church of racism and division, and then you're teaching the person wrong doctrines and wrong mindset. By the time the person comes out, is worse than when he came in. Cultures and all these things they're building in. It is wrong. It is not godly-like. And when you stand before Christ, you'll give an account to that. You will stand before him and you see yourself as small as an ant. You will not be a big, a big pompous person you are right now. It is wrong. I remember I went to Jerusalem. I was walking and me, me and John, I was so happy. And like almost, I had, almost had piggy tails and stuff like that. And we were skipping along and everything. And all these Jews marveling with me and oh, and all this stuff. And it was so nice and beautiful. Until we came to the leadership place. That person told me, I don't like your kind. This is the leader. And I'm like, I was just, I was like, wait a minute. You're supposed to be leading the sheep. And that person was not even a Jew. You're supposed to be leading the sheep through God. The fact remains, yes, time is going. Time, Christ is coming. But there are little foxes that will send people to hell. There are people who, you know, there are people who think they deserve heaven, then might end up in hell. And there are people who think they deserve hell, they might end up in heaven. Strongholds of the mind, come out of it. The scripture says, come out of them. If you find people are among, let's say you're coming out of a culture of all this anti-Christ thing, things that don't represent God, come out of it. Come out of it. Stop thinking the same way they're thinking. Stop speaking the same way they're speaking. You find people all just sitting down, oh yeah, yeah, I don't like that. Oh yeah. And, and people just... As a Christians, other than saying, no, you shouldn't say that, it is wrong, that is not of Christ. Oh, you're busy jeering and also just, you know, just giving all your information in there and all oh, your clapping and ha 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 ha. And listen, there's an angel standing right there writing down everything you say and all these things you are contributing to. Come out of them, the scripture says, come out of them. All these past experiences that I held you bound, come out of it, come out of it. I see the hand of Jesus right now as I speak. The hand of Jesus is extended. You need to come out of it. When, when one of the disciples, when one of the disciples came to tell Nathan, you know, to invite him to become one of the disciples, he said, what good can come out of Nazareth? That's the first thing he said. Because Nazareth had a track record of, of, you know, I'm sure maybe they said people of Nazareth are failures, nothing good come out of Nazareth. And so this person was attributing Jesus to the Nazareth stereotype. And Jesus, and he met Jesus, and Jesus said, while you were under the tree, I saw you. And greater things you shall see. The first thing he was like, what man of man is this? Yeah, yeah, that was the Nazarene speaking that way. He could see in the spirit. And so those are the things I'm saying. It doesn't matter what your background is. What is God's perspective of you? You cannot keep staying in the same thing over and over and over and over. There is healing available. There is healing. The Lord is willing. The Lord is willing. He's willing to heal you. He's willing to take you out of that. And people don't know strongholds can open yourself to doors of sickness and disease that you cannot even be healed from. Because you're built strong. The strongholds are built of fortification. Not even the power of God can hit you. Because you're the same person. 
same wicked person. Come out of it. Come out of it. And let the healing power of the Lord touch you and take you out of that. The scripture says, Whomsoever the Son sets free is free indeed. And the truth shall set you free. You need to know there's two things. Christ as the restorer of your soul will set you free. And another thing, knowing the truth will set you free. You cannot keep giving excuses. I was taught that. I was brought that way. That's our culture. My past experiences. Some of us have gone through hell and back and forth. But we don't act like victims. You stand. You need to understand some of the things that our children have exposed to have made them who they are. I've heard people say, oh, my child was a sweet child and sweet and nice and innocent. Yeah, that person got exposed to the wrong crowd. Associated with people that are full of hatred, full of addictions, full of all these demonic things in their mindset. And then they pull that person to them. Association and exposure causes people to also build a stronghold. They start to think the same. Now, your one sentence of I love you is not going to fix that. You can show them all the love you want, but as long as the stronghold is there, you're getting nowhere. The mind of that person has to renew, be renewed because the strongholds have been fortified by demons. It's not a one-day job. It takes time, and the person has to be willing. Is the person willing to accept the truth? The scripture says, accept with meekness, accept the word with meekness. If the person is so high lifted out with pride, they're not going to listen to nothing you say. Now, how to get out of it? Number one, demons are cast out, strongholds are cast down. Some of these things, like I said, the vision I saw, there was a serp different serpents that were as big as the pillar around it. So you cast the demons out. And when you cast the demons out, the person has to work with truth to be able to pull down that stronghold. The truth will start to pull down the stronghold. And the person also has to be aware, accept it, admit that they need help. If they don't admit it, what good is it going to get you if you don't if they don't admit that they need help? Just like in addictions and rehab, what do what do they do? They go in circles and they start to talk. They say, "Oh, my name is this, and I'm an addict." That's the first thing to solve most problems: acceptance. You admit there's a problem. If you admit there's a problem, it solves almost a lot of work, you know, because the Holy Spirit helps us in our infirmity. For the Holy Spirit to come and start fixing you, you have to tell him, "I am. Um, I need fixing. I need fixing." There's many strongholds. You have strongholds of fear, of confusion, explosive anger, despair, prejudice, judgmental, self-righteousness. All these are strongholds of the mind. You have to see it for what it is. When the prodigal son left, left, uh, left his father and he was out there, and then what did he say? The scripture says he said to himself. Nobody talked to him. He was there out with the piggies and he was eating pig food. And, he, and the scripture says, he said to himself, my, the servants of my father are eating better food than this stuff. I better go back to daddy, right? The first thing you say to yourself, you have to come, you have to be aware of you got a problem. And you have to be humble. God does not embrace proud people, especially in asking. If you go to God and you're all puffed up and stuff, you're not going to get nothing because God resists the proud. One thing, one thing that I've realized, if I want the Lord to move in a service, what I usually do, I approach him, I approach him with, I have nothing. You know, you don't go like, I am so annoyed, I'm going to blow this, the place up. <laughs> no. You lie, I lie down on the floor 
and said, Jesus, I cannot do anything. I cannot speak anything. I cannot. It's not me that heals. It is God that heals. It is not me that caused the word of God to move in the midst of people. I can't do nothing. It is the Holy Spirit. But when you approach the Holy Spirit, you have to approach it with meekness and humility. Those people who move with so much power and anointing of the Holy Spirit, when they approach Christ for Him to move on their behalf, when they're going to minister in large crusade or anything else, they approach Him with meekness and humility because you cannot do anything. And that's how you approach the Holy Spirit too, with meekness and humility. Renew your mind. You need to find out what God's perspective about it. When Satan was approaching Jesus during the time of temptation, Jesus didn't, <laughs> didn't start telling Satan, you know who I am. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't say nothing of that sort. He said, it is written. It is written. So in this kind of things, you have to approach it with the word of God. I usually use the word, it is written. Even when I'm praying for people, even when I'm praying for myself, I always say, it is written. It is written. Because the word of God is forever established. It is upholded more than the name. That's what the scripture says. And this word of God is what will be able to start transforming your mind because you find out what is written. What is written about that situation? What is written about that, you know, whatsoever you're talking about, right? So you renew your mind. What you do, you remove all that and then replace it with the word of God. When you remove, you don't stay empty. When a demon goes out and finds a house empty, what will he do? Come and stick around again, right? So you fill it with the word of God. With my problem, I had a problem even seeing God as my father. Let me tell you, I could sing and praise in church, but you didn't know I got that problem. I used to sing in church. I was the praise and worship leader, but I had a problem. I couldn't see God as my father because I felt that he let me down so bad. There was a wall, right? And people would have looked at me, oh, she loves Jesus. You have no idea what's in here, right? So with time, I remember I was, <laughs> I was in a service and then there was a, there was a man of God came from South Carolina all the way to Kenya. That was surprising. And then he saw me. I saw me the previous day. He said, I need to talk to you. I said, okay. So during the service, he came to me and he told, he told me, listen, this is, the words of, this is the words of the Lord to you. The first thing he said, this is what God is saying. I am your father. Guess what? Just that sentence, sentence in itself, it penetrated my heart. It broke something. There was a... There was a stronghold, right? But the word of God says, Jesus said, the words I speak to you are spirit and life. Jesus says, the words I speak to you are spirit and life. And the scripture also says that the word of God is like a hammer. It's like a fire. What happened is it came like a hammer and knocked down the stronghold of that unworthiness and all that funny things I had in my mind of not seeing God as my father because I felt let down by him. You know, people would say, oh, I used to receive prophecies of how God is going to lift me up in, uh, in the work of God. And I say, amen, amen. And in my head, I'm like, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but because it was here, the problem was up here. But when he says, he said, I am your father. I remember I just, it's like, I just broke down and cried 
and cried and cried and I actually saw it. I saw it. I felt the Father's love. For the first time in my whole Christian life, I felt the Father's love. Right now, you can't tell me nothing otherwise. God is my Father. And anytime I pray, I usually say, Father, in the name of Jesus. I know I am His princess. I feel that way even in prayer when I speak to Him. I approach Him. Like you, have you ever seen like uh, approaching a king and you are the princess of the place? You say, Father, and you say, come. And you sit on his lap. That's how it feels like. And you speak to Him the issues of, his, of your life. You speak to Him. You speak to Him. You lay it at His feet. And also you expect that God is going to do something about it. You just don't say, whoa, and then you walk away. And then you don't expect anything. Like I've seen John. John loves Michael so much. It's, there's some things like, you know what, sometimes I deny Michael something. And then he starts running away. Daddy, daddy, daddy. He runs to daddy because, you know, daddy's going to sort out the issue. Daddy's going to give me what mommy's, you know. That's what, that's, that's what his, his mind is. Yeah, you know, right? The heart of the father. And the Lord is saying to me, there are people still living in the orphan spirit even now in this room. You still haven't cracked that code to, to see that God is your father. Not just by words, but believing in your heart that he is your father. Okay, finally, all these strongholds can be broken over time. They can be broken over time. Demons you cast out and they can go immediately, but strongholds, they are broken over time. It takes time to deal with, with strongholds. It takes time. You keep feeding yourself with the Word of God. You need to change your mindset. Change it. Shift it from all this culture and past experiences and exposure thing to the God culture, the kingdom culture, where people have the mind of Christ, the mind of victory, the mind of love, the mind of, you know, acceptance, the mind of, you know, you know who God is to you, for you. Shift that mindset. It takes time. But some of you have been in that for a very long time. Now it's time for you to change gears. Okay? Change gears. Go faster. Start feeding yourself with a word so fast. And don't give time to this mindset and all this whispering of the devil. He's busy saying these things to your mind. Wanting to keep himself in that stronghold. Come out of it. Come out of it. Now I'll pray and close. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. And now, Lord, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that let your spirit go forth to your people, Father. The people who have been held bound and captive by strongholds. And the people, Lord, who have been feeding themselves with the word of God and they've been in the journey. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that by the hammering power of your word, that these strongholds will come down. In the name of Jesus. And I said, Father, Lord God, that there will be a renewal of the mind, that your people will be willing. According to your word, it says, in the day of your power, your people shall be willing. I pray that your people will be willing to accept truth for what it is. What is your perspective concerning their lives and not what they went through or how they grew up or what happened to them, God. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, now, Father, right now, I pray in Jesus' name. Spirits of fear, spirit of depression, spirit of anxiety, every judgmental spirit, every spirit 
of lying and deception come out of them in the name of Jesus. Come out of them in the name of Jesus. Lord, let there be a release for the word of God says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, liberty in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We cast all these spirits out of this room in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, that we'll be willing to let go all the spirits of anger and pain and shame in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that healing will come and let it come speedily in Jesus' name. Amen. Shannon? What a powerful teaching tonight with Minister Adalia Hansen. Sister Adalia, how can people uh, make contact with you and your ministry and support it? They can go to the website www.worldministries.org And I want to encourage everybody to do that. Become a partner with World Ministries International. You can also become part of the Eagles Saving Nations program. Go to worldministries.org, support it there. They have PayPal, they have Zelly, and tune in again next time to more of the warning broadcast. Sister Dahlia, what an honor to have you on tonight. That was a great word. Thank you. And before I forget, if anybody wants to send a check to the ministry, they can send it to P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292, USA. And telephone number is 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. Fantastic. And we're looking forward to your next message. God bless you, Sister Dahlia. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.